0: is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fower and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. Our number two.
1: 713 780 ESPN's your number 713 780 3776. You can also get us on The Blitz Facebook page. Find The Blitz. Click like You're good to go. There's Twitter. At Fred Fowler, F A O U R. At P Creighton One. At Aaron is Blitz. At degenerates nine seven five. You can text the show. You know the number for that. Watch us on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash ESPN nine seven five. It's the first hour. A little Texans talk. A little college football playoff talk. A little bit of everything. It's going to be a sportsy day, man. There's there's so much going on. Uh, we're going to get into uh, we're going to get into the game, the other NFL games here. This segment and. and Maybe into the next, and then 5.30 we'll have uh, Lance Zerline on, who joins us every week. And uh, then some point in the 6 o'clock hour, we'll get to James Harden, and we'll get to uh, some of the remaining college football bowl games. I don't know how many of them are going to to happen. Looks like App State's going to cover this one, though, pretty easily against North Texas. And uh, Patrick Creighton filling in. AJ will be back next Monday. So I want to thank Josh Ennis for filling in Friday, and Patrick today, Jermaine every tomorrow. Jerry Bo on Wednesday we kind of figure Wednesday will be a very, we're going to, we're going to talk a little gambling. I'm sure. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. I was you. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah, probably so.
2: Can't believe that. You guys talk like some NASCAR or
1: something. Uh Oh, don't, now don't say NASCAR. <laughs> Cause you got Trey, Trey in there suddenly got erect. <laughs> Trey, who had his first strip bar experience, which he's going to have to talk about on the Josh Hanna show at some point. All right, let's go through the uh, rest of the NFL from uh, the weekend. There were Saturday games, including Bills Broncos. Bills go in and win forty eight to nineteen, uh, clinch the AFC East. A bunch of Bills Mafia showed up for him. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see this. This is a fun team to watch. Josh Allen has really turned into a terrific player, and uh, that was my Super Bowl pick before the year because I wanted I didn't want to pick the Chiefs. I'm probably wrong, but I like this team. Stephon Diggs has made a huge difference for them.
2: Who'd have thought acquiring a stud receiver would be a positive and not a negative in the city of Houston? That nobody jumps through tables on fire like the mafia I love, of the I, Buffalo I, Bills. You know
1: what? I love the Bills mafia. I love Bills fans. <laughs> I love this team. I mean, I obviously I don't. You know I, I don't root for anybody except for who I bet on. I bet on the Bills a lot this year, though. So, uh, But, no, I, I, I just love I love everything about the Bills. Do you think
2: they are the second-best team in the AFC?
1: I think they are, yeah. And I, I think they're the one team that can match Kansas City. I don't know. I mean, it would take a Herculean effort to beat them, but I don't think it's impossible. Now, they may also slip up before they get there, but yeah. I, I like this team.
2: Josh Allen going from 52% completion a 68% completion in two years. Dude, that is insane.
1: And I just think he's only going to get better. Packers beat the Panthers 24-16. to 16. The one thing that, the only important thing about this is Packers were eight and a half point favorites and I bet them. Thank you, Packers. I'm done with you.
2: Aaron Rodgers. Cover the
1: spread, bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, uh,
1: you knew hey, I was going to work that in at some realistically, point.
2: Realistically, this is a win for the Panthers. I mean, they held the Packers to twenty-four points. They weren't blown out. I don't think the Panthers are any good at all, and uh, their GM, of course, got sent the door.
1: Yeah, that's an, another job that's open. I don't know that I like that one as much as Jacksonville or even Houston, because you don't have the quarterback there. I mean, I, I like Theodore, like it, don't love it, as Willie B used to see, say. Uh, they they need a real quarterback, so I don't know how great that. But did you see the comments when he when he fired the guy? Basically, that. You know, he not only was not getting along with Matt Rule, but they were they were fighting. He's like, screw that, I should have hired a new GM when I hired the coach.
2: He used the A word, Fred.
1: Yeah. Alignment. <laughs> but um you know the 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 one thing I'll I'll say about the the Panthers, my long shot Texans candidate, I'd love to get Joe Brady in here. Love to get Joe Brady. The I mean, be enemy's my top choice. But I I I like the idea of the next Sean McVay. And maybe it's a bomb. But I don't I don't know. I, I I think the guy can coach. You give me some of that Saints offense here.
2: Jay and I talked about him. Jay loves him. I love his offense. I'm leery about a guy who really has very limited NFL experience, hasn't been a head coach anywhere, and now you're gonna make him the head coach. I'd love Joe Brady as my OC. I'd be nervous about him as my head coach.
1: Yeah, but his next job up has to be head coach. He's not gonna get. He's not gonna do a lateral OC move. No, and I wouldn't and, blame him. And Let's the, the him important, the up. important thing for a guy like that, just like it is with Beanie, go get me a veteran defensive coordinator who's been a head coach. Like I, I, I see Marvin Lewis's name popping up for head coaching jobs. No thanks, but I wouldn't mind him as a DC. Lovey Smith. Now that he's out of work, wouldn't mind him as a DC. I, there, there's some. Those, that's the kind of guy I want you to go get. Get a guy who had success as a coordinator and then failed as a head coach and put him back at what he's good at.
2: I'm with you on that. There are a lot of guys who are really good, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, yeah. Really good defensive coordinator and not so much when it comes to being a head coach. Um, I saw the story on Marvin Lewis being a head coaching candidate. Um, I I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. All right, maybe I would, but not, like, Uh-oh. dramatically.
1: Would you wish him on the Jets?
2: Maybe. Yeah, there you go.
1: There Would you I go. wish him
2: on the Cowboys? Yeah. Likely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the Cowboys are stuck with McCarthy for another year and just, you know, using the COVID in an injury excuse and, and reset and try again. But oh, they don't I don't have, know that, that hire is going to work out.
2: They don't have the brass ones to say, we bleeped up and we're going to can them after one year. They don't have
1: all right, uh, Buccaneers-Falcons. The Falcons do what the Falcons do They get out to a big lead. And frankly, this game wound up making me a little nervous because I was up against Brady in fantasy, and despite my 68-point lead that Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great week, Brady goes nuts, and I'm kind of like, eh, this, this is getting a little closer than I thought it would be. It, it, it's fine. I'm, I'm up 40-something, and I have Juju tonight against the Pittsburgh defense. I'm pretty sure I'm okay. But uh, Brady, Fournette, Leonard Fournette had uh, a couple of touchdowns if you were looking for a, a late fantasy playoff pickup. But uh, Bucks get it done. I just I don't know how good the Bucs are. I just know that the Falcons are, are against any good team are probably going to choke.
2: The Bucs are, I, they're a really interesting team to me because there are times their defense looks tremendous and there are times their defense looks like it doesn't want to play football. And it's hard for me, even though they were down 17. This is the Falcons. When we get in the second half, we know the Falcons can't tackle because they're busy doing two things this.
1: He's making a. Or thing.
2: this. Surrender, Cobra. Ah. So, <laughs> there's only two things the Falcons do. Neither one of them uh, are, are helpful in tackling anybody. And for some reason, all the offensive success they have in the first half, it's like. Hey, let's make adjustments in the second half to be worse. Uh, I'm with you. That's a that's a poor bleach fire everybody situation, and uh, I would trade Matt Ryan and get whatever the most I could get for him. I'd trade Julio Jones and get the most I could get for him, and rebuild it because they're they're four and ten. They're they're not going to be any better next year. Uh, for the Bucks to only win that game by four points doesn't make you feel like uh, they're going to be somebody ascending the throne in the NFC.
1: Hey, the Cowboys kept their slim playoff hopes alive. They beat the 49ers. I think my favorite play was the uh, onside kick return for a touchdown in that game.
2: Cowboys and 49ers. Let's take two teams that I absolutely freaking despise. They both stink and put them in a game. Guess how many minutes of this game I watched.
1: Probably zero. That was supposed to be your Sunday night game, by the way. They flexed it out. Thank goodness. Um, Yeah. I mean, hey, still some slim hope for the Cowboys to make the playoffs, believe it or not.
2: I I actually, I would tell you I hope the Cowboys somehow win the division because all they're doing is screwing themselves. So whoever wins the NFC least is going to screw themselves because everybody is going to have a really high draft pick except that division winner who's going to wind up getting slotted in the division winner uh, draft pick. They're going to get a, a draft pick much lower than what their record would normally indicate. So whoever wins gets screwed. Let that be the Cowboys.
1: All right. Titans beat the Lions 46-25. Uh, solid game for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, another big game for Derrick Henry who's you know could get 2,000 yards. Uh, Titans go to 10-4, and, and and right now, if I'm them, it's just, hey, let's, let's keep Derrick Henry healthy, man, because that's, that's what's going to work for them in the playoffs.
2: Remember when the Lions used to win like eight and nine games, and they decided that that was the best they could do, so they had to fire their head coach? Because eight to nine wins wasn't good enough. Let's go get somebody from the <clears throat> Bill Belichick tree oh, so we could win five games a year. That franchise has run so poorly. They deserve everything they get. Uh, I'm, I'm always happy to see the Lions get Steve. Do you think Barry Sanders and 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 Megatron are looking back like, I'm so glad I got out of that train wreck?
1: Uh. Probably. it's. I feel bad for a Detroit fan, though, because first off, they have to live in Detroit. But also, you know, they, that's a pretty good fan base. I mean, it, it, they deserve better than that. I mean, the Lions are a step above what the Browns have been the last few years. And they're just good enough. I like the Texans. just good enough to give you some hope, and then they can't get it done.
2: Think about the Detroit fan, right? Because the Detroit fan's a pretty rabid fan. Yeah, oh, yeah. Lions stink. Tigers stink. Red Wings stink. Pistons stink. Michigan stinks. Michigan State stinks. <laughs> a lot of drinking going on in Michigan. Just don't yeah, make it water. They
1: used to be able to count on the Red Wings. where they have 27 straight years of making the playoffs? And now not so much? Mm. Uh, pizza, pizza. The one Belichick guy who I think is, is that game finally over? 56-28. That's a cover, right? I think.
3: I thought, I thought it was 21 so. and a half, yeah. Uh,
1: the Dolphins might have the only Belichick coach who's worth a damn. They, uh, I, and this is one of, i missed two games this week, betting-wise. This was one of them. I missed the Packers by a, a half point, but I've, I bought into the Belichick against rookie quarterback stuff and took the Patriots, and I lost. But um, the Patriots are just bums. <laughs> They're just not any good.
2: Well, before the season, most well, two thirds of their defense said, hey, "We don't feel like playing this year." Yeah. Uh, the fact that they were competitive in a lot of games this year is testament to the scheme, but they don't have the talent. And realistically, uh, you know, Belichick making that last minute decision: "All right, let's get Cam, let's try to win some games." Yeah. Probably was the wrong idea. But they, they were, but, and, but they were tanked. But
1: they were never going to be jet or jaguar bad though
2: no well the jets being i don't think anybody thought the jets were going to be this bad and the jets won the Jets won a handful of games they won a lot of games last year and they win like six games last year
1: i don't know if it was that many but
2: the jets were like oh. they won more games than you think they won this year they're just i mean they're a train wreck all
1: right we have uh we have other games to get to including the jets we're going to take a very quick break
2: j-e-s-t just, just, just.
1: Patrick Creighton filling in today. Man, always fun doing the show with you, Patrick. Uh, he's going to stick around, and uh, he'll do late hits with Jason Braddock tonight. So, wow, six hours or five hours of radio.
2: Five hours of radio. Good thing I got a big mouth.
1: <laughs> you know what? I think you can handle it. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can, uh, you can make it the whole way. All right. We'll be right back. We come back. We'll uh, finish off the rest of these games. It's a Blitz on ESPN 97. two five.
0: The Blitz, the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is Late Hits. The
2: Astros are interested in Liam Hendricks, who is far and away the best reliever on the market. And this is what you wanted, right? A reliever was number one priority. Reliever is number one priority. Uh, the bad news so are the
0: White Sox, the Mets, the Blue Jays, <laughs> and the Dodgers. He's been the best reliever in baseball for the last two years. Late hits weeknights from 7 to 9 on ESPN 97.5. And
1: on ESPN 92.5. <laughs>
0: You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN
1: 92.5.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz.
1: Patrick Creighton filling in for uh, A.J. today. We were going through all the other games uh, from yesterday. We will continue that with the Bears beating the Vikings 33-27. This is kind of the opposite of what a Bears game usually is. Usually they get way down and then they come back and make it close and lose. This time they got up early and then the Vikings came back and made it close and lost.
2: The Bears are, I don't even know what you call the Bears other than just all dysfunction. Uh, I think, you know, anything that they get out of Mitch Trubisky is sheer luck at this point. Uh, I don't know why the Vikings suddenly can't stop anybody running the football. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I expected more from the Vikings.
1: I think the Bears
2: are right where we thought they were going to be. They were going to be a maddening team that was going to finish around 500. They were going to win games they should lose. They were going to lose games they should win. They probably shouldn't have won yesterday's game. The Vikings just, you know, all over themselves once again on defense.
1: But the Bears are playing a little better now uh, and. You know, I, I still don't know what to make of them. I think the best part of this game was the audio of Justin Jefferson screaming at Kirk Cousins. That was probably the best part of the whole game.
2: Shades of last year when Stephon Diggs was screaming at Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, well, that's uh, hmm. Uh, Seahawks go in and beat Washington. This this was a uh, pretty, I mean, a pretty close game. And Dwayne Haskins, I mean, he put the ball up a bunch, but he kept him in it. Big win for the Seahawks, though. So especially with the Rams losing.
2: The Washington defense is legit. Yeah. Those guys play phenomenal defense. Their offense is a bleep show, but their defense is first rate. Uh, Seattle, it's like the other way around. You know, they've got all-world quarterback. They've got a couple of great weapons on the outside. They've got one guy on the offensive line who can block. Their running game, well, maybe Chris Carson is healthy this week and maybe he's not. It's a flip. the Seahawks are a team that like this is like the fact they only won this game by five points, I think is exactly where that game should have been.
1: Ravens beat the Jaguars who now have the number one pick for Texans Uh, 40 to 14. This was a, uh, it was a big spread, but right now I think the Ravens have started figuring some things out. Even so at nine and five, they're on the outside of the playoffs as of today.
2: This was a get healthy game for the Ravens. You know, they've, they've had some bad losses. They've gotten beat up. They needed a game to feel good about themselves. Uh, in come the Jaguars. You get to hang up a 40-burger. And, you know, Lamar, very efficient, 17-22. to 22. Uh, They still don't run the ball as well this year as they did last year, and it's had a big ripple effect.
1: I, I think that happened when they lost one of the best left tackles in the league.
2: You mean that you have to be able to block yeah. to run – Fred, this is like, you know that in Houston they don't believe this.
1: Well, I don't know what they believe in Houston. Uh, Jets-Rams, well, we talked about how the, the Jets have are no longer in the lead for Trevor Lawrence. I don't know where the hell this game came from. And to be honest, I, I only saw highlights because I was watching Chief Saints, and they pop it up, and, and there's like, uh, oh, the Jets are leading the Rams, and here they are getting a first down with less than two minutes left. and like, I'm flipping over to Red Zone to say, hey, what the hell is this? So, I don't know how they got there. I just know the Jets won.
2: The Jets got a couple of early scores. And Jared Goff in the first half couldn't hit a brick wall from five feet. He was brutal. And for whatever reason, it took them until the second half to to start to figure things out. And just too little, too late. And this this is a game... If the Rams don't win the division, or even worse, if they somehow don't make the playoffs, this is the game that you circle and say, this is where they blew.
1: Yeah, and I don't know what the Rams are. There's one week they look like a Super Bowl contender, and then the next they lose to the Jets. Uh, Cardinals beat the Eagles 33-26. Uh, big day for Kyler Murray. Eagles offense wasn't awful with Jalen Hurts, but they're, yeah, that's another bad loss for the Eagles. Still technically in the hunt, I guess. Or are they Are they out now? Because they still have. but uh, well, Washington's only six and eight, so yeah, they. Washington could finish six and ten. I guess the Eagles could still uh, win the division.
2: Uh, Jalen Hurts threw for three hundred and thirty-eight yards. Now, he had a throw forty-four times to do it. Kyler Murray threw for four hundred and six yards. This was a fun game to watch if you like offense, because the ball was in the air a lot, and. Believe it or not, both teams committed to the run. They weren't necessarily great at it, but they ran it 59 times. Uh, a lot of offense in this game. I think at this point, Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback for the Eagles the rest of the way. Carson Wentz is not going to be happy about it. Um, Wentz is already starting to make noise you know, through his people that if he's got to sit the rest of the year, he's going to ask for a trade. Dude, if if you're that soft, if I'm the Eagles, I'd trade you. Whatever I can get, I get. But I can't pay Carson Wentz, what is it, a, a $10 million roster bonus, and then that guarantees his $22 million for the following year. Yeah, I can't pay him all that money if his feelings are so hurt because he's going to sit in a lost season. I'd move on from him. I always liked Jalen Hurts. I, I thought he... You know, I thought it was unfortunate what happened to him at Alabama. I thought he handled it the right way. He went to Oklahoma. He balled out. So, I'm very happy for Jalen Hurts that he's he's getting his opportunity. He's, uh, look, is he 100% NFL ready? No. But he's given them a lot more life than we're getting from Wentz.
1: Chiefs-Saints, uh, the Super Bowl preview, everyone kept saying. Uh, Chiefs win at 32-29. The, uh, the Saints... Drew Brees really rusty early and put him in a little bit of a hole. Uh, and the Saints being unable to recover a fumble in the end zone and, and getting a safety proved very costly. Uh, I, I I do think uh, if, if Brees had not been you know as bad as he was early, I think he went 0 for 6 for the first time in his career. He was 9 of, of
2: 23 at one
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think if he'd been playing and, and was healthy, then I think they, they have a chance to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the better team. But they hung in there. I think uh, the Chiefs losing uh, Edwards Alaire is going to be a huge loss for them, as we talked about earlier. Now we'll see if Le'Veon Bell can play. But uh, the Saints' defense—they they gave Patrick Mahomes trouble. He was under fifty percent at, at one point of this game too, and that just goes to show how good this offense is. They managed to put up thirty-two points against a defense that was really playing playing him very well. I know Saints fan doesn't want to hear that, but you know that's that's what happens. But uh, uh, fun game to watch. Uh, you know, I, I always root for the Saints, but the Chiefs are one of my favorite teams to watch. So I just sat back and enjoyed that.
2: I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. Uh, their defense is terrific, and they're one of the few teams that can give the Chiefs trouble. You know, we we knew that Drew Brees had fractured ribs. Right. What we learned was that Drew Brees had eleven
1: fractured yeah. ribs. Eleven. Oh, and uh, Cameron Jordan getting ejected was just dumb. Uh, that was a big loss for them.
2: So I would think that in a month and a half's time, we will see a much better version of Drew Brees. And very likely we could see these two teams in the Super Bowl. I think we'll see a much better version of Brees. And for the Chiefs, they better hope Le'Veon Bell can still be Le'Veon Bell.
1: And the Sunday night game, Browns beat the Giants 20-6. to And uh, the, the Giants miss a chance to gain some ground on the Washington football team. Browns win 10 games. How about that? I still can't buy into this team, but they're good for... You know, we talked about Detroit fan deserves better. Good for Cleveland fan. Because they've had to put up with a lot over the years.
2: Man, Brown's fan is going to be one of the most tortured fan bases of all time. Here's what I can say about the Giants. Their defense is way better than I thought it was going to be this year. They, they still suck on offense. And I'm feeling more and more like Daniel Jones is not going to be the guy. But...
1: Yeah, see, I, I, I like Daniel Jones. I, think, I, I thought Colt McCoy would hold it down a little better than he did. But there's a big drop off when Daniel Jones isn't in there.
2: And, and I'm not – look, I've never been a Colt McCoy fan. Uh, I know that might be sacrilege around here, but he's never, to me, been an NFL quarterback. But I think the Giants' defense is way better than it was ever supposed to be. So because of that, the jury is out on Joe Judge. We are not going to fail. He's had a good defense this year. I'm willing to be a little more patient with Joe Judge as the head coach.
1: All right. There you go. That's your NFL. And uh, if you're watching on Twitch, you'll notice I didn't wear a hat today. Decided to uh, show off the hair from Dr. Linville. And uh, I'm going to have to get it cut at some point because, as Braddock said out there, I look like a a mafia boss, which I I take as a compliment. I'm not going to lie. But it's nice to have hair again. And the cool thing about Dr. Linville's procedure is, it's not hair plugs. It's not some, you know, goofy wig thing. This is your own hair. He takes it from the back of your head and puts it where you're not 2,451 follicles. He moved to mine, and I've got hair again and I love it. And, uh, I, you know what he, I, when I went in there, I was like, I don't know about this, man. I, I, I mean, I've seen all these goofy hair things. I've looked into him and he goes, no, 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 this is your own hair. And he said, look at my hair because I had it done. And I'm like looking at his hair going, wow, it looks great. So now you can get your hair back. Just go to 975hair.com, set up your consultation free for ESPN listeners, and guess what? Let him tell you about it. Because once you talk to him, you'll want to get it done, especially if you're younger, man. Now's the time. 975hair.com. Get your hair back today with Dr. Linville. You're
0: ESPN 5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97 5. And on ESPN 92 5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman.
1: And we're back on The Blitz. Happy Monday, everybody. Man, what a glorious day. We're working on getting Lance Erline. Why don't we uh, get Philip on while we're waiting? Because he's been very patient. What's up, Philip? Hola, Philip. Philip. Oh. Dude, He's, he sat on hold for like forty minutes, and I tried to get him on. Oh, there he is. What, what,
3: what, what do you think? What do you think if uh, we can trade JJ Watt for Ron Rivera? I mean, can can they trade players for coaches? I think Ron Rivera will be a good, great coach in Houston. I mean, with the his Hispanic community,
0: I mean, it would
3: it would, it would it would recharge the 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 Texan
1: uh, followers. Well, that's certainly an interesting perspective. Um, first off, I'm pretty sure I don't know that Ron Rivera would want to come here, considering what he's got built in Washington.
2: Dude, spent 30 minutes on hold for that take.
1: Yeah, 40, 47 minutes. Well listen you're not getting a coach that's on another team and you know yeah you could trade a player but you need to get some draft picks that's more important than trading for a coach who may or may not do a good job for you so um
2: that call makes me want to drink
1: you got anything i didn't bring any today um Mr. Brostash said Fred looks like a shady NCAA football committee member with this look he's got going on today.
2: No, he's the bag man. Yeah. yeah. He's the bag man. You guys know what the bag man is.
1: Yeah. And and no, we can't trade Earl Campbell for Bum Phillips. Stop. Stop, text line. Don't be nice. I mean, don't be mean. Don't be mean. Yeah, guy just, uh, yeah, it, it's a different thought. Can we trade somebody for the ghost of Leo well, We We embrace different thought. Was uh, Ooh, Lamont with a good question. If Houston's last game of the season was against the Jaguars in the exact same situation, would you let them win? Uh, I don't know if
2: they're smart enough to figure uh, that well, out. That
1: would have to come from <laughs> Cal, right? He'd have to say, A.J. McCarron's playing, or better yet, Josh McCown. I'm going to bring him up off the practice squad. We're sitting everybody else. And it would be so fun, funny because I'm sure the Jaguars would be trying their ass off to lose too, right? So it would it would be like you know, like watching a regular Texans game.
2: The true battle of who could care less.
1: Yeah. All right. 713-780-ESPN is the number. 713-780-3776. And guess who we have? The legend NFL draft analyst, co-host of the bench. Uh, oh I think the, the greatest Lance, now that Lance Armstrong has proven to be a cheater. Lance Airline What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Fred? How you doing, man? Doing well. So, question for you, because uh, uh, we brought this up at the top of the show, but now that the Jaguars are in line to have the number one pick, is this not the best GM job? If, if you're you're interviewing for a GM job, <clears throat> is that not the place you'd want to go?
3: Well, I mean, I think it depends on how much you like England and living overseas. But, yeah, I mean, if you like uh, England and somewhere off of, you know, wherever Fulham is, or wherever they're going to bring the Jaguars, yeah, it's a, it's a great job.
2: The <laughs> no fishing ships, mate?
3: I'm only halfway joking, but I, I think everyone considers that to be a possibility with how often the Jags have played overseas and having Shad Khan, you know, having a, a Premier League team. Well, at one time, a Premier League team. Now they're, you know, in. in uh, oh, no, 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 they're back in. Yeah, yeah. they're back in. Yeah, they're in. Uh, although they'll be relegated soon enough. But, um yeah, I mean,. It went from being the Jets were a very intriguing head coaching job to now you're like, eh, I don't know. I don't know anymore if you're the Jets because they do have two first-round picks. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence and another pick, well, that's a brainer. Uh, but all of a sudden, now the Jags have that. And, and it's not like they're completely devoid of talent. They do have some guys that can play a little bit. I mean, they obviously need an upgrade at several spots. But, yeah, I think – uh wherever Trevor Lawrence ends up is going to be one of the more coveted jobs, I would think.
1: Yeah. And in their case, you, you've, you've also got a bunch of picks uh, that that they have from some deals they made and you've got a ton of cap room. So yeah, if, and London, London doesn't suck Lance. Let I me mean, let me just tell you, I, I, I would certainly want that job.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, living there and having, people either care about the team or not care about the team. look i my guess is that if a team ever moves overseas i don't know about the logistics of it all but i do think they will be it'll be much different than it was when there was nfl europe i think you're going to see and they had some really packed crowds in nfl europe and that was you know in the early 90s and into the mid 90s and late 90s so i think it's going to be uh i think if it ever happens you'll you'll see it be uh a pretty big success, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a, a potentially good job, but primarily just because of Trevor Lawrence.
1: Well, just from the one game I went over there last year, when the, when the Texans played the Jaguars, the, the, the English people really embraced it and there were, there were a lot of fans in, in jerseys for every team pretty much. Right. But they, they also had hit embrace the Jaguars and it was cool to see, but you know, that was in a different world that was pre COVID. So who knows? Uh, so Basically, there's nothing to talk about with the Texans. Have you heard anything new on – they're going to interview uh, uh, Caldwell for the head coaching job, but have you heard anything from over there about uh, GM or coach?
3: No, nothing nothing new, um, although I will say that uh, I did have somebody who is with an NFL team who I do expect to be interviewing um, probably with Atlanta. I don't know if he's even – if this guy's even – in consideration of Houston, I have no idea, but he said, "You know, it's a little bit frustrating with having the... And I just think this is an interesting perspective. He just said nothing against Lewis Reddick, but it is interesting that just being on TV <laughs> elevates your your curating to where you're considered one of the most viable um, candidates for a, G, a GM position. When the reality is, you know, he's he said the reality is he hasn't been in a building for seven years and there is a lot that goes into being a general manager and there's a lot that goes into you know different guys really buying into you knowing who the best pro personnel and college personnel directors are um, staying in contact with them being able to bring them from other teams and elevate them and and you know I think his concern was and once again, I don't know if teams, if it will matter to teams. Lewis Riddick is just the name, the most recent name that you're going to hear because he can interview where other guys can't. But, you know, his whole thing was he just thought it was kind of silly that that there's such a big deal made about a guy, in his words, that failed at Washington and Philadelphia. But um, I don't know how fair that is or not, but I just thought that was an, an, an interesting perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I just as a follow-up, though, it's like – what do you think of the job Mayock has done? Because that, that's basically the same situation, right?
3: Well, I mean, Mike, no, Mike Mayock had never worked in, you know, Mike Mayock had never worked in the NFL directly. So it's actually different. I mean, Lewis Riddick had spent time in, in, in personnel departments in Washington and Philadelphia. So, I mean, he had been in the room and, and done some stuff. And then, you know, I, for whatever reason, they, they ended up getting rid of him. And I know he's been out of football since, I think, 2013. But uh, I think Mao's done a pretty good job. I don't know how much Mike is relied upon. Uh, you know, that's a John. I think he's relied upon, but that's still a John Gruden-led team. And anybody who gets the Texans' job, the GM job, you have to lead the team. You have to lead the players. You have to lead the coach. You have to lead uh, all the personnel stuff. I mean, you know, you're going to have to be. You're going to be responsible for a tremendous amount, and that is. One thing I've learned over the last five or six years is it's a way bigger job than I ever realized. It's not just, you know, figuring out free agency in the draft. It's that's probably about forty percent of it. It's a way, way bigger job than I ever realized.
2: You know, Lance with the the Texans, you almost feel like Cal has a very laissez faire attitude towards things. We kinda let Bill O'Brien do whatever he wanted with the new GM, whoever that is, come in. Uh, You know, we've seen if you don't have cap space, you can look, you could cut guys, eat the money for one year, be bad, get draft picks with some trades, reload for the following season with money and picks. Do you feel like there is a tolerance in the Texans organization to have that reset year? Or do you think that the the push is going to be more to let's try to retool around what they have and get back to, to nine wins? What do you think their tolerance is for a full reset?
3: Uh, that's a good question I think it's a tough question because I think Cal is hard to read and what he's going to think I I know I know most GMs would look at it as uh, a reset I mean you don't have a first or second rounder. you've got some you know some ugly cap stuff that you have to yeah you have to get rid of some bad contracts you got a lot of rebuilding to do I think anybody who just tries to if you sell Cal McNair on we're just going to kind of retool and and try to get back on the path to to being a serious playoff contender. I think you're just telling him what he wants to hear, and you're not being honest. I think anybody who honestly looks at this roster and who honestly assesses the draft capital and the and, you know and the money situation and some of the bad contracts that were handed out has to go in there and be honest and say, look, this is this is going to be a two to three year process. And I know everyone says that when they go in, all GMs say it's a three year process. But the reality is, it really is with Houston, and I, I think you have to sell them on. Look, this is a reset, but it's doable, and you can point to different organizations uh, like the Raiders, like the Miami Dolphins, um, who were able to reset and reset fairly quickly. It just takes smart personnel moves, and I think that's what you have to sell Cal on. Is if we have to come in with the philosophy and the process, we have to stay true to the process. We have to be disciplined with how we spend our money and disciplined with how we approach personnel and through that success, we can build a culture of winning and we can build a culture of accountability. And I think that's what you have to do. You're going to have to, you know, anybody who's, who's, that's just shyster stuff. Anybody who's saying, well, this is, you know, reset, we're not going to reset. We're just going to retool and take it, give it another shot next year. Well, I mean, of course you're going to compete as hard as you can, but, Realistically, that's not the path to take. Realistically, you got to you got to kind of take it down to the studs a little bit, and, and then you know, and then and then redo the kitchen and the bathroom because this house doesn't have a lot of equity in it.
1: All right, that's Lance Erline. You can hear him on the bench every morning, well, Monday through Friday. Uh, Lance, appreciate the time as always. Hope you have a uh, great Christmas, and we'll talk to you again next week, man. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Sir. All right, that was Lance Erline. All right, we're gonna take a. Quick break. Don't go anywhere. It's a blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5.
0: You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman.
1: And we are back on The Blitz. Hey, Casa de Brazil, a new Brazilian steakhouse right next to the gallery and right next to the station, wants to give one lucky listener a $50 gift card to come enjoy their all-you-can-eat USDA meats, cheeses, countless vegetables, seafood, and much more. Um, at uh, five fifty-five, we'll take caller five at seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's throw another one in too. So uh, caller five and what caller 10 10. Yeah, cool. Give away a second one at five fifty-five. Uh, and uh, you'll get a fifty-dollar gift card to Casa do Brazil to enjoy more than forty of their gourmet items. Uh, they've also got happy hour every day from four to seven, so you can go over there and listen to us. And uh, on your headphones while you do happy hour. And live music every Friday night. Check out Casa de Brazil in the corner of Sage and West Alabama. All right, let's do the Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of
2: the Day. It's the Gym of the Day.
1: The Zadok Jeweler Gym of the Day. You know, because we're coming off the weekend, I always have like six or seven potential Gym of the Days. Like there's a... Driver with a vanity license plate that has 2020 SUX. But that's pretty much all there is to it. Um, I've got a Florida man attacked by a shark, walks home bleeding to death. Florida man. That's pretty much all there is to it. Uh, But I'm going to choose this one because this is kind of... And I don't know if this is a person who's got mental issues. But um, a man was caught on camera rollerblading down an eight-lane Ohio highway. But bad enough that you're roller rollerblading down... That's a hard word for me to say. There's too many L's and R's in it. Rollerblading uh, down a highway. Uh, he was also doing it completely naked, wearing only a giant panda head. Uh, and, by the way, it was snowing. It was cold. Uh, but a guy took video of him. He just zipping down the uh, freeway, uh, completely naked with a panda head. There's an actual sexy. No, it wasn't, but there's a video of it. And, uh, one stunned murderous mur- motorist could be heard saying the dude's on the freeway naked. Uh, when the driver honks, he moves to the shoulder of the highway to let the car pass. Uh, no one knows, uh, looks like he's in pretty good shape. You know, uh, no one knows his identity. Obviously, the panda hat helps. A spokesman at the Ohio Department of Transportation said pedestrians are not permitted on interstate highways. Made no mention of whether or not you can be naked with a panda head. Um, yeah, so this guy, and there's uh, New York Post has it, so if you want to see photos of a naked guy with a panda hat. Or video. Uh, yeah, they had the video, too, that the guy from the car did. Uh they do blur out his parts, which they're supposed to no, actually know that they, they there is some butt on these t- these photos, which I don't need to see. But that's your Zadok jeweler's gym of the day. The gym of the
2: day.
0: It's the gym of the day. The Zadok Gym of the Day.
2: I feel like this story would have been so much cooler if every time a car passed him, he looked at him and went, We're going streaking!
1: Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen there be a point to it, you know? Um, is that cold out? Could anyone have actually seen anything? I, I'm guessing no. I'm guessing that uh, it sort of uh, rolled up inside itself. Um, but
2: well, you know, he I didn't have, realize bamboo shrieks in the, shrinks in the weather. Hey, maybe he was like flea. He just put a sock on it.
1: Uh, or a Band-Aid considering how cold it was. That's all you would have needed. And another one, uh, typical Australian. I have to say, I love everything about Australians. They must be the coolest people on the planet. I have a couple of Australian friends, but just the stories. Uh, did you see this? There was a um, There was a big storm in Queensland, and basically a woman braved these rough currents to go out and save two beer kegs. That had been washed out to sea.
2: That is dedication.
1: Uh, that to me is that's a my kind of woman, and my my kind of country. You're gonna risk your life to save beer beer uh, beer kegs. I'm all for it. But uh, there's there's video of it, and uh, she saved them, and she managed to uh, not die doing it. So that was that was another contender for Jim of the day.
2: Are you part of the contingency of? If your dog was in the creek getting attacked, you would save the dog? Or would you let the dog die?
0: Oh, I'd, I'd save the dog.
2: Dog saver, dog saver. Aaron, you're a dog saver, correct? Of course I am. So, really, it's only Jason who's the horrible person who would let his dog die.
1: Oh, I am not letting my dog die. Pay too damn much money for that thing. <laughs> yeah, thanks to that stupid dog. We had to buy a an SUV. An RV. An RV, land, so we can put a place for it to play but no i either one of my dogs i would i would i because i was having this conversation with somebody and they thought i was insane it it, because there was a a drunk dude that almost jumped the curb when i was walking uh the dogs a couple months ago and i would have thrown myself in front of the vehicle to protect the dogs if it had come to that and he's like you're crazy that's stupid
2: the dog is part of your family. Anybody who owns a dog will tell you the dog is part of their family. Unless you, you know, hate animals and for some reason you have a dog when you really shouldn't.
1: No, I, I, uh, I, my, my dogs, I spend all day with them basically, especially during the Rona. But, you know, yeah, I would have, I would have done that. And, you know, he's like, you're, well, you're insane. You're-
2: Do you bring the dog with you? Like when I go pick up my kids from school. The dog comes with me when I drop him back off. The dog comes with me if I bring my daughter to karate. The dog comes with me.
1: Sometimes, I mean, I like to i I like to take her to the bar when nobody else is there because she's gotten to be uh and like we'll sit on the 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 patio, but she's also gotten to where she can't be around. She doesn't like people other than us. And the old she's dog, smart. the old dog's great. She loves everybody, and it's, it's so funny. We were walking him in the uh the park and this little kid want you know sees the dalmatian it's like can i pet your dog and you know derby who's my older one the ridgeback it's like you could pet this one you know <laughs> it's like the, you can just see the disappointment but you know the, the you know, got the pet derby but um and and she's gotten unfortunately she got attacked by another dog and since then she has been terrible with other dogs the dalmatian. yeah so i can't really take her i mean we take we try to take her like we tried to take her a couple weeks ago but there were two other dogs there and she just went nuts so we had to take her home because I'm not one of those people that if my dog is gonna bark I'm not leaving the dog there because it's, it's bothering other people so if she's gonna be an a-hole I'm gonna take her home but we go you know once every couple of weeks I take her but uh, she they go both go camping with us which is fun and they, they love it and you know we go on long hikes and stuff and you know so I, I, but I spend most of the day uh, like when I'm because I'm working from home except for the show right now and you know, I'll take her out back, and we'll throw the frisbee for half an hour. She's gotten really good at it, uh, so I spent a lot of time with those dogs, both of them. So no,
2: that that's cool. I, um And you have a couple of you know really cool dog breeds, and a Dalmatian and a, and a roadie.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah. The, and you know the in Derby's now either thirteen or fourteen. We don't know because she was a rescue, and she's starting to slow down quite a bit. So it's like I don't. I realize I don't have a hell of a lot of time left with her. But you know she's been such a great dog for so long. So you just uh, maybe she'll surprise me and last another three years. That'd be pretty awesome. That'd be good.
2: It's it, it's always very hard to let go. I have a rescue lab. Um, this is the smallest dog I've ever had. She's sixty pounds. <laughs> she's the smallest dog I've ever had. My last lab was one hundred and ten pounds. Um, um. But she's uh, very athletic. I've taught her how to how to play catch, not go fetch, but I'll throw the ball at her, and she'll catch it. Uh, I'll slam it off the fence. She'll catch it on a hop. She'll go up and get it. She can high point. She's really athletic. She also leaps the couch in single bounds. Um, Sometimes that athleticism is a lot to try to to handle because she gets wound, and then I got to get her outside and run.
1: Yeah, it's. uh... This one's the smallest dog I've ever had. She's about 55 pounds. And yeah, she's extremely athletic. And it's fun. I mean, it, I worry about her getting hurt sometimes because I try to throw the frisbee as high as I can. So she'll, I mean, because she can jump about six feet in the air. I mean, it's impressive. But I always worry she's going to break something and then I'm going to have to wind up taking her to the vet. All right. Uh, we will get to speaking of dogs, James Harden, <laughs> the latest rumors. When we come back, it's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Hey, hey, hey,
0: it's good. To the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net.